Hello, and welcome to AIJCast, a podcast featuring conversations and performances at the intersection of art, inspiration, and justice. I'm your host, Marthame Sanders. On this episode, part two of our collaboration with Darcy Jarrett. Darcy is a pastor and a visual artist, and they spoke with us from their home in Atlanta. By the way, a quick note about this episode. As we were scheduling our conversation, we found ourselves needing to adjust some things. And so initially recorded a conversation with Darcy, myself, and Darcy's son, Luis. We have decided to release that conversation as a bonus episode simultaneous with this one. And because we reference that conversation several times in this conversation, if you haven't listened already, you might want to check it out. So Darcy, this is part two of part two. We were speaking with your delightful child. He was involved in our conversation. I adore him. He really enjoys you as well. Your dad humor has totally won him over. <laughs> you know, it's the one thing I got going for me. And it works so much better on other kids than on your own. That's the other thing I know. <laughs> but, you know, the reality of that is you're engaging with a child and there are rabbit trails you go down. Then there are rabbit trails that you and I would go down left to our own devices anyway. And so I appreciate you regrouping with me for a late night conversation, just the two of us. Yeah, it needed to happen. I, I kind of... The conversation had a lot of sidebars and, you know, things that (laughs) eight-year-olds will have in interviews. But he was very excited to be asked to be on his first real podcast. So one of the things that I want to be sure we touched on is I think we gave kind of short shrift to the whole brainstorming part, which is what part number two is supposed to be about anyway. And we kind of ended up and just said, oh, we're going to do a protest song. It was like, all right, I got to go pick up the kids. Bye. <laughs> That's not collaborative. That was, was kind of your idea. Was, uh, yeah. And I'm down with it. And then I've been, I've got a little scared about it. Okay. I do write a little poetry, as you might know, having heard yeah. some of my stuff. But then I kind of did rediscover it in the cloud of ideas. I felt like it was sort of in the creative pool of ideas. Are you familiar with this uh, concept? No. It's the idea that at any given moment, there are like these ideas that sort of have life and almost are just asking to be made into something in the world. Yeah. I think it's more ancient than this book, but Elizabeth Gilbert wrote Big Magic and tells a lot of stories about ideas that have come to creative folks who are kind of like function in this context, like a, almost a medium for the idea mm-hmm. and that the idea really needs to be birthed into the world. And so what artists are, are just sort of open people mm. to these ideas. She tells a lot of interesting stories about people having this like flood of ideas that, you know, they were going to write into a book and then they didn't finish the work. And then the idea arrives to someone else and someone else completes the work. Hmm. And the person's like, that was my idea. Anyway, when I hear ideas and I'm often participating in a lot of brainstorming, when I hear it one place and then I hear it another place, I'm Uh, like, oh, this idea really needs to be birthed into the world. It's a demanding to be heard. There's this like kind of call nature of it. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and I do think that there's some divine purpose around all of that, of course. Mm-hmm. So when I hear two really awesome creatives <laughs> kind of saying the same idea, I'm like, well, 
I want to be a part of that coming into the world. <laughs> so it gives me a little buy-in anyway. Well, and that was one of the things I thought about was knowing that, that you write and you write poetry and prose and write re- you're an excellent writer. And I thought about when I started doing songwriting, lyrics were the part that gave me the absolute heebie-jeebies. I took a songwriting class and the songwriting teacher said, so write your lyrics nobody's listening. You don't have an audience. Don't think so highly of yourself. (laughs) And for me, it was actually like, it wasn't like insulting. It was like, yeah, that's what I needed. That's freeing. It Uh was. It was like, oh yeah, I I can write a song. So the very first song I wrote, Elizabeth still thinks it's a ridiculous lyric. I kind of love it, but it is terrible. Gordon is a failure in his mistletoed shoes. That's the first lyric of the first song I ever wrote. I love that line. Gordon is a failure. Elizabeth is like, what? But it sounds like a really, you know, like a yellow, yellow matted custard. Yeah, it is a little from a dead dog's eye. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It it does have that kind of like it's a vibe, psychedelic vibe to it. Yeah, (laughs) I like it. But it also made me think of like some of my favorite musicians are people who write music to other people's lyrics so like the rock band rush the drummer wrote all the lyrics but didn't write any of the music so i don't know if that appeals to you i like it freeing myself from the idea of an audience yeah right i think that's lovely on a podcast but go ahead (laughs) (laughs) right we're putting this out there for people to hear but we don't care care. we know you're not there we really don't i don't really have any listeners this just stays on my phone yeah, freeing myself from any, like, overblowing my own, you know, the project. The mm-hmm. project's going to be a way to write, which for me, I'm sort of always writing, mm-hmm. but I never really, like, <laughs> choose to write. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. I'm never like, let me sit down and yeah. write. Yeah, I feel that. Even though I used to do that, and I and I do feel like there is joy in it. I think it's interesting because, yeah, it's not something that I would have the capacities to do alone mm-hmm. in terms of making it into a song, even though my little ditty of a song is pretty great. Pretty, it's pretty great. Pretty sweet. I'm probably going to steal the, the melody from that for our song. So. Oh, okay. Great. Good. Freeing myself <laughs> of the idea that it's it has to be some anthem of yeah. the movement a lot of what happened after our first conversation was really a big shift. Yeah. The movement of Stop Cup City, Defend the Atlanta Forest has been happening for a really long time. And I would say that the congregation of Park Ave has been involved Mm -hmm. since it was dark, defund, Atlanta PD, refund communities. Mm -hmm. But we sort of got reinvested in it in a meeting that happened literally right after the meeting right. that Martha and I had right, right. back in February. So the second week of February, the congregation hosted the forum, yeah. which was a really awesome collaborative event that was spearheaded by activists who have been in and throughout many different movements particularly are are engaged with the forest Mm -hmm. the ecosystem there and the trees there and the colonies of mushrooms there Mm -hmm. and and their intent incredibly intentional 
people. And so us being invited into that was really, I felt like I was just being gathered into a warm embrace Mm. of community building that was really like church. Wow. And for me with my own calling and history being that I started in the environmental justice movement many years ago and kind of went through activism, environmental justice, environmental racism, economic justice, labor movement, anti-black racism and advocacy and anti-war and sort of kind of went through many different things, which were overlapping, of course, but it really felt and still feels like a place in the movement where I can be a caregiver Mm. because I've literally burnt myself out to the point of a mental health crisis in activist spaces. So I do feel like there's a, there's a place for me and a place for something that we have to say perhaps about the music, but also like, it's not that big of a deal. So Mm. let's just write some stuff and have fun. All right. I love it. Cause I, I think part of it for me is also like, you have been closer to what's happening with that movement than I have. I've been very peripherally aware. I'm on message groups. <laughs> that was the one meeting that I attended and I was running sound, right? But I have not been part of any of the, the organizing calls or anything like that. So to try and give voice to something felt very much like tourism to me. To kind of come in and say, like, I am going to write a song about this movement. And the imposition of that is just smacks of all kinds of privilege. But what I can do is I could come up with a killer chord progression Mm -hmm. and a melody. I can do that. Although you already came up with a melody. I should backtrack on that. (laughs) Oh, yeah, please. I would like credit for my song (laughs) that I made up in my car. (laughs) That was the best song. To a friend. So if that's where we're going to go, we and we'll take some of this offline, but then in some ways we kind of retreat to our own corners, although I would love to kind of bounce around some lyrical ideas and themes. And if you have songs, you're like, oh, I think this song is kind of the, the vibe that really hits it. That would be cool. I have to admit that I don't think like that anymore, oh, even though... Cool. I like it. I do want to more... I have a couple of songs that I really strike me during Lent that I've tried to convince worship leaders to sing. Okay. That they're like, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> just Which are? Sometimes, Marthame, I'm going to have to get back okay. to you yeah, on this. Yeah, it's, fine. it's fine. It's fine. Because my brain doesn't work that way anymore. Here's my one lyrical idea. Okay. Cop out. Okay. That's all I got. <laughs> Cop out. Okay. Yeah. It yeah. goes along with Jailgate. Jailgate, oh. And this is the part of the movement that I want to get more involved in is supporting folks who have been charged with such right. egregious charges and they have been having <laughs> events at the jail and at every single event that any of the collective have had and really any anything I've been to that's been in support of the Stop Cop City movement has food at it. It has food, it has childcare, it's so approachable. Wow. Even the press conference had yeah. food at it. Wow. Someone was like, I'm gonna bring a bunch of empanadas 
And like, it was great to have it there. So they have been doing these vigils at the jail and there's been food. And apparently, I don't know if someone was actually cooking or what there, but they started calling it jail gating. Like, let's jailgate for these. I mean, it's, it's, it does make me laugh. And it's like so sad because if we continue policing and we, you know, we're entering into like this political prisoner timeline. I mean, I keep saying this at different protests, but like resisting fascist states is something that we're really going to have to consciously like absorb. I mean, I have been astonished again, just like at the periphery, the way that the right to protest, the right to assembly has been treated with not just disdain or dismissal. I'm used to that. It's the leveling charges of domestic terrorism. The charges don't fit the quote unquote crime. It's, out of whack and the power that is given to decision-making bodies to make these kind of decisions is absurd, obscene. It is evil. It's beyond the pale. And I didn't think I could be shocked anymore at the dysfunction of the system. I'm shocked. Right. Welcome. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, again, Darcy Jarrett on AIJ cast. We'll be back with more of our conversation in just a moment, but first a quick word. As always, I encourage you to visit the AIJCast website, AIJCast.com, which is a great place to connect with our artists and find more about their news, information, and products. We do have information there about Park Avenue Baptist Church, where Darcy is co-pastor, as well as their ministry, Art in the Image. And by the way, as we release this episode, Darcy and I are going to be co-co-co-preaching on Easter Sunday, April 10th at Park Avenue Baptist Church. Worship starts at 10 a.m.-ish. And if you can't make it in person, you can always join us online as a service is streamed to their Facebook page. And of course, we've got just tons much more over on our website. It's all there at AIJCast.com. And now, back to more of our conversation with Darcy Jarrett. I always listen to this series of sermons and lectures by Reverend Dr. Howard Thurman. I listen to them like every morning. I've listened to them... I don't even know, hundreds of times. Wow. And today, in just where I was in the book, it was the sermon that he gave at the eulogy he gave at Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s funeral. And it's coming right up on the 55th year anniversary of Dr. Martin Luther King's assassination. Yeah, it's tomorrow as we're recording. That's it, 4468. Thank you, Bono, for cementing that date in my brain from the song Pride in the Name of Love, early morning, April 4. There it is, another song, another song. That, yep. that really teaches us. So Howard Thurman, I'm sorry, yeah, so his Well, eulogy. yeah, so I'm just listening to the eulogy and I'm listening to a lot of the sermons yeah. that are upholding and extolling the virtues of nonviolent direct action. And I believe in nonviolent direct action. And in the face of fascism, how do we continue to, as a peace-loving people, uphold that and yet still not moralize other folks' responses Mm. to this 
terrorism Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and to say, yes, it is. (laughs) So terrorism of the state and folks are being charged with domestic terrorism. Right. And frankly, there are folks that are responding in violence toward property, Mm -hmm. toward things of the world and not people per se. And yet the state is stepping in to defend property right in this way that is so extreme right and i've been asked the question in a couple of different ways on a couple of different interviews you know what i think about corporate policing mm-hmm. and how corporations have such a say in policing corporations yeah. have such a say in the atlanta way corporations have the board positions on the Atlanta Police Foundation. Corporations in our lifetime, we've seen granted some human human rights. rights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so can we still look to only nonviolent means of direct action? Which, again, to study those principles, it's beautiful. It's incredible. And Mm. there, there was this great work that was put forward in that name And then the system absorbed back in those rights, Mm -hmm. took away the voting rights. Mm -hmm. And so how do we continue to show up in a struggle against a fascist state Mm. and be people of conscience, people of peace? Maybe, I mean, maybe that's the crux of the song is like, how do we, you know me, that's my ministry is not to answer those questions directly. Yeah. But to ask but to them. Ask them. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Thurman brings up the topic of Jesus's words where he says, if someone slaps you mm-hmm. on your right cheek, then turn your left. Right. And I've heard that interpreted sure. many different ways. And I, I love Dr. Thurman in that he does leave it quite open. Mm. The question is there, how do we respond mm-hmm. when the system has been negating people and actively seeking to eradicate people. I'm talking now about trans people, but I think it's been happening historically over and over again. And so how do we respond? How do we continue to fight against it? Yeah. Do you ever wonder if art is enough? I was, we're, we're so in sync. <laughs> I was just thinking of the Tony Cade quote, yes. the purpose of the artist is to make revolution irresistible. The stuff that's coming out with Cop City logo and Cop City stuff is, is really inspiring and creative and clever and beautiful. I do think that art moves people in a way that is superhuman, that is beyond reason. But there's something about really being present with art, making art that moves people. It makes me think of, yeah, so art by itself, no, but art as a part of a larger movement, yes. I think there was a t-shirt I saw, saw, a Stop Cop City t-shirt that had a tree growing through a police car. Oh yeah, that's the sign. That was something where it was, I looked at it and it was, it was grabbing, it was clever, it was funny and beautiful at the same time in a way. And 
then it struck me it was also prophetic because it was this imagining of what the future could look like and the persistence of nature recapturing these symbols of oppression and that i mean that to me is the essence of it and may it be so right so how do we make that happen well in some ways the first step is imagining that it's even possible which is the work of the prophet i mean this is exactly what a lot of the abolitionist curriculum does ruth morris has this illustration that has become famous maybe in just in abolitionist circles but she talks about this vision that came to her and it's someday they're going to build a prison and there won't be anybody to put in it. Mm. There won't be anybody because you and I will have opened our hearts, our homes, our communities and found a better way of dealing with our social differences than by locking and caging our fellow humans. Wow. Well, and maybe that says something about what we might be, maybe it's not a protest song. Maybe it's a prophetic song of imagining what the world could be. I love that. We are birthed from the center of this beautiful world that could really cradle us mm-hmm. and, and nurture us and sustain us. Tortuguita, who was murdered by police in the Wilani forest wrote with um, several members of the Wilani Collective and wrote of the sacred web of abundance and wrote specifically about this web of abundance that was showing up in the Wilani forest Mm. and in the ways that the forest was teaching them and the whole collective about being held Mm. by the earth in the ground there that has seen so much pain from slavery to prison industrial complex. And yet there's this web of abundance and an overwhelming feeling of being held Mm. in abundance. I wish I had a even more beautiful word, but I think abundance is the word. Yeah that's present in the forest that just on the 31st, they started clear cutting and I looked at the pictures of it and I saw those trees laying on their sides and it's an incredible loss and there could be better. We could be better. Let's do it. Yeah. Darcy Jarrett on AIJCast. You can connect with them online at parkavbaptist.com and at artintheimage.org. On our next episode, we continue our collaboration with Darcy Jarrett. AIJCast is made possible through the support of listeners like you. We have multiple ways for you to give. You can join us over on Patreon and become a monthly supporting member by going to patreon.com slash AIJCast. And you can make a one-time donation on our website at AIJCast.com. Just click on that sneaky little link that says support. And if you're so inclined, you can find us on the socials media where our handle is AIJCast. Our theme music comes courtesy of our house band, Marred Fame. And we are engineered, mixed, and produced by the daddest of all dad jokers, Al Mudif, who has recently decided to open a can of intellectual property worms about the origins of AIJCast. That was my idea. And I'm your host, Marthame Sanders, encouraging you to create some beauty of your own 
And remember that the world isn't truly beautiful until it's beautiful for all. Until next time, I hope you'll paint your own canvas with justice and peace. Thank you.